how are you? Welcome to the Candle Tales podcast. My name is Aaron and I am sitting down in my own room with the other two co-founders of Candle Tales. My sister Sorica and Rory O'Shea. How are you getting on, Rue? Hey. <laughs> I often forget to mention or like that you're the other, basically the co-founder of Candle Tales. Mm. So I don't always get to say it, but you're, you're the first person who ever brought music to Candle Tales and you're the only person who's managed to put up with two Hegarty's for <laughs> over five years, uh, yeah. which is impressive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one else has lasted that long. We had that, we had that one week without you when, when it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I know we had a whole... Shadows sh- of the Tawn, was it? <laughs> We had that's a whole show without into you. it. Yeah. Oh, literally where we got Oshin was replacing you mm. and all of the things you do musically and just fucking everything else. Uh, mostly the building ways as well. Uh, and Oshin came in to fill that role. And now you're working in tandem on the podcast, yeah. which is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so, lads, we have as the, we, this is the voyage. Uh, this is the end of the voyage series, and uh, we're we're trying to block our podcast off into the series is now. And the voyages we've talked about recently with a great chat with uh, Kevin C. Olin from Fireside Bard recently, and we were talking about the similarities that these stories have. And yes. If you've listened to the stories and you've gotten them confused and you're mixing them up and you don't know which one is which, that's okay. Me too. I'm the same. They're basically identical. There's a lot of similarities. And um, Soraka, can you kind of maybe say less words, but explain what I'm trying to say? Mm, I will psychically download Aaron's thoughts and put them into verbal human communication. Sorry, that is my job in this company. (laughs) Enough. My job is just, is just to set it to music. And then Ruth sets it to music. <laughs> That's exactly how this all works. Uh, yeah, the stories, the story, the voyage stories have a very specific template. And there is there are small enough variations between the, the different ones. And you also get that thing where a lot of the time there are ones that are kind of rewritten. Uh, so Mail Doon, this story, and The Voyage of Brendan, which is about the, the Christian saint who goes into the other world. They're almost identical in terms of the islands they visit. Certainly the other world bit of the story is like nearly the same. Um, there is a tree branch that's really trying to break my roof down. I don't know if it's coming through the mic, but I apologize. Um, <laughs> but that's what that is. Uh, so yeah, there, there's, yeah, there's a very clear template with an awful lot of crossover and similarity. Thank you. Okay, that's pretty good because we actually got a meant. question on, on YouTube. That's ba- that's what I meant. That's what I said. <laughs> Basically, what I said. Um, and you know, it, it's just exciting to have. And look, we had a very exciting uh, Easter. Um, or we, you know, we had a whole live stream we, thing. We will have had. Yeah, <laughs> we will have had. It's so annoying recording these post shows in advance of releasing before you do stuff my tenses and timey-wimey is a thing we talk about anyway but Jesus Christ lads it's very difficult to talk about the future in the past tense um, yeah I I, anyway. I spent uh, too much time yesterday figuring out if I gained an hour or lost an hour I, I had to give that <laughs> some serious consideration as well <laughs> oh I don't yeah, and then I eventually I like decided that it was a mystery, and I was not going to ask any more questions. I and got I lay down on the floor sleep. for a while. It was fine. 
I think it's meant to be the other way around, actually. I think you're meant to get uh, yeah, an hour Yeah, but less. I personally, I know, but I personally stayed in bed longer, so I got an hour longer sleep. That was that so, was probably yeah. a good call. Rather than contemplating time and giving yourself a headache. Time um, is subjective. Yeah. He's right. Like, just, just stay in bed as long as you want and it'll all be fine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ruth. Um, so before we get on to our invasions series, which is coming next, stay tuned as we go through all of the various tribes that came to Irish to Ireland in the mythic sense. Uh, we will be delving into that next. But before we do that, we have the last story to dissect, understand, interpret it, and get our heads around. Uh, the voyage of Maeldoon is a mental one, more mental than most, you would say. Yep. Um, and I guess we've like we've talked about the similarities it has with the voyage of Brandon or Brendan. Um, I still don't know how to say his name. And I guess um, the repetition, the islands are almost identical in a lot of the ways. Even the three brothers coming onto the boat, that's more than he should have brought, identical in, in plot point. But Sarki, you mentioned an interesting uh, theme that this story has that I didn't quite cop at the time. It's a as you put it, deconstruction of the warrior code. Can you uh, talk a bit yeah. about this? I think. Expand on it. I think this is a this is a fascinating story. I love this story for many reasons, but one of the things I love about it is a little bit like the Ocalivna Signorica, the Oshin and Patrick dialogue that we looked at earlier this month. This is a real culture clash between a new way of thinking a new kind of christian ethos of forgiveness and and an older honor code system that's Mm. more that's like very clan based and very much about you know an eye for an eye um and in this story there's this wonderful bit of dramatic irony where like male doing doesn't know that his father raped his mother he's unaware of this fact about his own birth and so when he's told that he needs to avenge his father's death, he goes to avenge his father's death. And and it's already complicated for the audience because the audience already knows this guy does not deserve to be avenged. This was not a good man. He would not have been a good father, right? Mm. Um, and then and then this the the what the other world becomes in this story then is it like a place where he confronts himself, sheds things he doesn't need. Like it's almost like you can you can nearly see a kind of an emotional growth in this journey. He goes through all of these places, some that are horrifying, some that are beautiful, some that are both losing the foster brothers one by one to grief and mirth and greed. And then like when he finally meets the holy man who tells him you have to forgive, that becomes his journey home. That becomes his way back to the real world and mm. like the family that he that he does have which is obviously his his like foster mother who loves him and the clan that he has and and it it involves him letting go of this quest and so i think it's it's like for me it's got a kind of a special place among the voyage stories because a lot of them a lot of them have very similar beats um mm. A lot of them involve people being called away and coming back. A lot of them involve people being called away who then don't come back. Um, And this one just, I think it has some of the most interesting motivations and themes and little bits of complexity in there. So I really like it. It's the only one who who breaks the the rule. They go off and they come back and they're able to keep on living in the time that 
seems to be their time. Like, so it's the only one that breaks the the kind of um, yeah. mold, I suppose, of these voyage stories going out to the other world, disappearing your life and your existence and all of your friends and coming back to a different time. Male Doom manages Narnia to... time rules. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He gets to come yeah. back and his dinner is still hot. It's totally yeah. different. Like, it's great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that, that, as a peculiar peculiarity. It's an it's an odd one to point out, but I love this idea of it being a vengeance quest start out, and then running into like actually what it's more about is this kind of hero's journey of rebirth and coming to a, a more enlightened kind of sense of what he needs to be as a person, as a man, as a human being, and forgive all mm-hmm. and be sound. Uh, which definitely has more of a kind of moralistic maybe message than usually. Yes. You find this, it, uh, it, it, there's this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's this weird suggestion that, like, because they broke the rule that the druid set out for them with only having 17 men in the crew, because the Foster Brothers then decided to jump on, it's like mm-hmm. nothing would have happened if 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 they if they if that hadn't happened because they have to keep yeah. on questing and questing until they eventually one by one shed all the foster brothers and then it then then they're immediately that once once the last of them is gone then they can come back that yeah. that, yeah. that rule is unbroken what <laughs> if you had yeah. 17 there would have been no moral learning well, would, it, would anything have happened I don't know, like, would, would he, have gone into the other world I, he, he might have gone yeah. directly to the to the island and killed the man who killed his father yeah. absolutely nothing could have happened which is fucking brilliant I love that mm. Like you break the yeah, rules it, of the other world and you get swept into the other world. And like, as the Fianna know well, sometimes that's where all the good shit is. So mm. sometimes it's a, it, it ends up being kind of a good thing. And it is a total trope. It's like, oh, you know, a certain number has to be done. If you don't, if you misstep in any which way, you'll fall down the rabbit hole. And then he falls down the rabbit hole because he gets whatever. And the three brothers follow him or, you know, she follows a rabbit that looks quirky and mm. uh, whatever. It's just like curiosity and eh, it'll be fine attitude <laughs> gets him into a whole pile of shite. Uh, and I, I do like that idea of like, oh, maybe it would have been grand or would have ended up like non-story if the yeah. three brothers didn't come. It's kind of like, where's like, is that, is there a lesson in that? No. <laughs> Not really. Listen to all... the druid. Well, always, balance, yeah. Balance the pagan ways, old Ireland with the, with the new Christian forgiveness shit. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. I think, don't I don't think get something... too run away with the modern way of things. Like yeah. the, the druid still has something very important to say, listen to the numbers and the figures and the stats that he's given you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pay attention. Take it down. Pay. Don't fuck yeah, with yeah. it. 17. Uh, <laughs> when 17. he says 17. He, he means 17, <laughs> man. He doesn't mean 17 and a half. Um. Not, not 17 plus three feckin' hitchhikers. No. Yeah. No. No, not allowed. So come here. Um, what do you make of these islands, Rue? It's mental. Or ever it's most mental number of islands. To what the fuck does it like you listen to this story most out of so all many of times. Us. Yeah, I I, 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 I I was really I was really like immersed in the mentalness of this story for the last week. Um Brilliant. well, like like Serica was saying, like the vo- the voyage as a whole is this kind of this this journey that he has to undertake in order to develop in order to learn this forgiveness in order to come to the place where he needs to be at the end of the story so i suppose like each like each island just represents just like i don't know the dark the dark recesses of the mind and of the soul that 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 kind of that kind of thing of like going through a dark night of soul 
uh, surviving in it and and growing through it. So like mm. each island is just populated with the most batshit stuff that you can think. And like you were saying that that like it's there's there's a mixture of kind of the beautiful and and the terrible and the frightening and stuff. But in fairness, even with the beautiful stuff, there's this constant undercurrent of danger and like temptation and and stuff and like it's honey trap kind of stuff rather than yeah. stuff that's just tearing an oh beautiful in and of itself like the island the women like there there is this there's this suggestion that there's this insidious ploy between them to to lure the men in there to keep mm. them there forever to do fucking god knows well um and then there's like the island full of the cats um it's it's like it's this lovely place it's 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 really cool there's a bunch of cats cats are great and there's a lovely feast all laid out and stuff but there's this clear cut rule of like you can come along you can pet the cats and have the feast and whatever but don't take the cat's shit one of the foster brothers breaks this rule and that's the end of him so like even even there that there's that kind of fairy tale thing of like don't upset the place don't fuck with the place uh Mm. and then you just have it's just like clipping along at speed and they're going past they're going past an island with a beast that's revolving inside of its own skin and there's horses bite like that eat each other and uh, there's pigs on fire and it's just it's just it's just mentalness and darkness it's just like i t- like a form put on the darkest recesses of, of the soul that you can imagine that's that's mm. a really really cool way to put it actually i think and, and like mm-hmm. i think just in t- talking about the rhythm and the drivingness yeah like think remember playing this live it's like, always got that I, yeah yeah like sorry and i we've swapped it over before the last time we actually told it live was with andreas the stack where i was telling the story with him and mm. and sort of you were watching it going yeah you're you're both very similar in your performances. Um, <laughs> the, the story, the, the story always elicits the same rhythm. Like it's, 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 just, it's, 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 it's just always clipping along, clipping along. Because the way you tell it, like unlike with say uh, the Brendan the Navigator story, where you left out a lot of the details of the island, and whatnot, mm. y- you've always chosen to like really get the details of the islands as you clip along. And there's just so many of them that that mm. you have to proceed at a certain clip going along going along and it's just like the boat then you know it's like mm-hmm. this the storytelling rhythm is the boat clipping along and seeing all these things and just yeah. interspersed with moments where they go onto an island and you delve into it a little more and then they're back in the boat and they're going and they're going and they're going and they're <laughs> seeing this thing there's lads throwing nuts and there's cats on fire and whatever uh, and like in terms of recall as well it's one of those ones that's like yeah. a bit of an it's a bit of a show off of a story because yeah. It's like I I couldn't give you the order of the stories because every single time we do it, I have to go and look them up and and remember them. I remember like, you yeah. applying a eumonic thing to it, where you like did. do like the groups of the, the groups of animals yeah. and then the groups of whatever. There was like there's it's, like it's the weird shit. There's place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's weird monsters. shit. Monsters. There's monsters. There's food islands, and then oh, the there's nuts. like because yeah, yeah, yeah. you get the uh, the giant apple tree, and you get the cat houses. The was, people was with food. the nuts. They're my favorite. People it with the nuts. Day. Are it is they. It is they. We we used to look at you and go and uh, as musicians and going to go and they I'm past and they saw people uh, on on the islands throwing nuts and they were saying, "It is day." <laughs> And on they went. <laughs> and on they went. And I always remember as well telling this story live because like we we get into like we get about to the sixth or seventh island and we'd look at the clock and go, "This is fucking twenty five minutes gone, lads. We need to fucking break <laughs> our speed yeah. and just like hurtle through the next ten islands." Yeah, yeah. Like spin it up, spin it up. 
Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Every time. It's, it's a great one it, to tell. It's a great one to tell live because it, it does have that like, hang on, are you counting? Because there's 27 islands. Did I say 27 islands? I don't know. What one are we on now? Next island. And it's a and Wednesday like, night and everyone's up early in the morning. So lads, we have to keep this going. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> it is. It's fantastic. I mean, it, it just reminds you of that, like even listening back to it, like that, the, the live storyness of it and like that. OK, this could land any which way. And when you're telling it weird enough to the to the microphone in your own room, as much as I was trying to kind of keep myself on, you know, a motion and a, and a, and a rhythm and keep it going. I, I struggled to kind of like find the pace for the telling because it's a lot of information to clip along too quick blurs it to stay too long in the islands gets monotonous so you have it's this fine dance that i'm not quite sure and yet now the pace yeah, was, you know. yet the pace was exactly there it's due with like it's it's a steadiness more so than than a than a speed like sometimes doing it live would end up doing it mad fast because of what you were just saying but like in the recording completely not set to music originally or whatever that pace was there it's just that steady clip along the boat is moving past an island past an island mm-hmm and then he gets to the island of the blessed and he meets the kind of the last dude who tells him, you know, the, the, mar- the, the real lesson. And it flips yeah. the whole kind of breath, what you were talking about, the start of the whole Breton law, the, the idea wow. of um, yeah, the clan based rivalry. Well, the clan based rivalry, the thing yeah. that's like he is, you know, it is his duty to go off and, and kill the the murder of his father in according to societal standards at that yeah. time yeah so i mean suddenly... i think the Breton law is kind of a, a way of of trying to keep people from killing each other but by by putting fines on them instead but um no that whole code of like your clan hurt me therefore i get something out of you yeah he meets this hermit who's like nah man you just gotta forgive and again he's not told the details of why his father is a bad guy He's not even told mm. that his dad is a bad guy. He's just told mm. this is not the way. You have you have one chance of getting back home. And it's it's an interesting one as well, because like it's so rare in these stories that the other world has rules. And I do think it's very much a kind of a Christian, like it's obviously a very Christian insertion, but just that whole idea of like there is a way that you can be led out of this and it's by following the rules of of Yahweh, of this God, and that'll guide you home. Versus like a lot of the times when the Fianna end up in the other world, it's like, don't, you know, take people seriously, but also don't. They might be lying to you, but they might not be. Like it's much murkier in terms of what is the correct thing to do and the, and the other thing to do and how do you find your way home? Mm-hmm. Like it's much less structured for them. So a lot of the time it's just like, oh, they got home because they got home. Um, but they're, they're, it's a lot less rule bound. So I think it's a really interesting one where they're, they're actually presented with this definitive this is the rule that you now follow and this is how you get home. And then they, then, then he, you know, again, is that thing of, he comes to the island and he hears the voice on the waters and it's totally an internal thing of like, you know, you were saying Rue earlier about how if the three foster brothers hadn't jumped on the boat, it would have been, there would have been no story. And it's also that kind of thing of like, had he come to that hut and thought, nah, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. 
would there be would this be a totally different story would it be a Voyager Bran one where he gets swept back out again you know you don't we don't know it's it's kind of it's kind of mm. fun to think and, of parallel male dunes and that's a real like Christian era kind of thing as well isn't it that 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 there is this more obvious kind of duality between good and bad dark and light whereas like the the older pagan kind of stuff has got this way more random kind of thing going on like you're you're yeah. slipping in and out of the other world nothing really makes sense a god will come along and intervene on a whim or just not or uh, and it, it doesn't ha- it's not underpinned by that like this is good and this is bad morality thing that yeah mm, the Christian it- era like I think that the morality of Celtic stories and out of Irish myths is so fucking fascinating. Best. Well, like we actually we you know we talked about this in the storytelling course recently, where somebody kind of said, "Look, you know, why are they like this? Like, is there any good characters in this?" And I was like, "No," because I think that that is a that is a thing that humans have come up with in the last couple of thousand years, and I don't think it's good. This idea that there are good people and bad people and you are defined by your best or your worst day. Like I'll, that's... I'll pull you up on one. I'll pull you up on one there, though. Like you, you can't use the words good and bad to describe it. So like even by trying to uh, constructively oh, criticize listen. it, using the, but like I'm, you to, careful, I'm slipping into dual. I, I am critiquing a viewpoint and not a person. I think you can have a bad idea. Mm. I don't think mm. that human mm. beings this is actually this is I you know you I'm I'm mm. also using language uh, I'm I'm not <laughs> suggesting that we drop all duality forever always although sure. it's a good place to try well, and get to when you're meditating but well, like I think, when you're talking sure. about an idea I, I'm talking about an idea I think it is a bad idea to classify human beings who are complex and changing and dynamic into purely good and purely bad and I think that's what we have been doing for a long time and some mythologies do that too and like the Christian mythology very very much does that and I think it is oversimplified mm. and not constructive if you would prefer Well, that's the, that, that's the kind of funny thing. But I do prefer because I think when you simplify, uh, I, I, you come into a duality of right and wrong or good and bad. Uh, the only way out of that is to allude to the more complex uh, aspects of what these things can actually portray portray and something that is more fruitful or more bountiful or it is a more positive spin on things versus a, a negative a more negative connotation or something that will have less fruitfulness from it and less bountifulness from it uh, less abundance let's just say then you're kind of like okay th- that's a lot it's a lot grayer it's less black and white it is let it is kind of muddier and harder to distinguish but then it challenges you to pick it apart and go okay what what is uh, worthwhile and keeping from this and what's not yeah. really worthwhile and w- within this story you have this really interesting like sure you might you might see a christian kind of a thing placed upon it and it's that there's a lot of christian kind of iconography within the story itself and the churches and and everything uh, and it's certainly set in a time that is maybe more modern and in, in other myths but it also has a very irish flavor to it mm. you were mentioning uh the fion uh story uh the the, the not <laughs> obvious ending and this is quite similar to another quite not obvious ending of heroes not killing their adversary adversary you know like and they come up is... to the point yeah, this is the thing. This is the in the Fionn McCool 
in his in his youthful deeds. That story follows such a mythic template of the, you know, the father being killed, the boy on the run, raised in the wilderness, trained to be a hero, sent after the man who killed his father and he slays the dragon. And then Gull McMorna, the man who killed his father, is standing in front of him. And Fionn goes, all right, cool. Do you want to work for me? And it's like, that's not that's not what happens in those stories. As a general rule, that is not how it goes. Um, so it's really, it's kind of interesting that the like, you know, as we've been talking about this idea of forgiveness as being a kind of a, a Christian idea, there is also a trace, there's also a very strong trace of it in the, in the pagan tradition in Ireland too. Because mm. the greatest heroes forgive. The greatest heroes let people go. Uh, Cú is another one who lets people go sometimes from single combat, although he's a lot less uh, kind than Fionn. Um, he's way more aggressive in general. Forgiveness would like, have been the first trait that I'd associate mm-mm. with Cú He, he no. occasionally... Did he kill a lad for waking him up one time? He did kill a lad for waking him up. He's not He's not gentle, <laughs> our boy. He's not gentle, our wee lad no. from Ulster. He's, no. but, but it is a trait of the greatest heroes. That they that they actually forgive and it doesn't make them look weak. And does Kukulin mm. do that? He does. He he lets off a couple points. of people very rarely, but even the bit in the town where he runs before um, Fergus McRoy, like that's that's a real kind of moment of tension because he very much doesn't want to do it and he really mm. resists it. But the idea of running before an enemy like that would have been that's your reputation completely gone. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he actually does it and he doesn't fight. And there's another guy that he doesn't kill in the town because he squeezes the shite out of him instead and says, you can live, but what kind of life will it be? <laughs> that's that's not better. <laughs> I'm not saying. This is no. your example. I'm of not saying, gonna... <laughs> I'm not saying he's particularly again. magnanimous. I'm just saying that it's I, an exception. I don't think I'm one over. <laughs> <laughs> like that. And yeah, like there was that time with Fergus yeah. McRoy, and then that guy he squeezed. So yeah, forgiveness. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, okay. I'm not saying he's forgiving as a character. I'm just saying that only the only the the, the top ones ever let anybody go because the tradition. I, I wonder is if, never if the, let anybody. I, go. I wonder if if it's the lack of stuff like that in Cucullan would be what I would see as the lack of stuff like that in Cucullan would that would be the thing that was keeping him back from mm-hmm. being viewed as like the people's champion and stuff because like we we know mm. he was the the greatest warrior and all that kind of crack mm. but there was this reluctance by the people of Ulster to to accept him as their champion oh, when yeah. Conal Cairnock who was not a, an almighty super god warrior but was still a big badass and and yet he probably was more capable of those kind of social mores than Cucullin was yeah. because Cucullin was a young lad who'd fly off the handle like totally so, oh Cucullin is a total little psychopath who's not well socialized at all yeah. um. he's not well <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cycles in Irish men. I mean, male male Dune seems like a fairly well-rounded fella. Like he, he just gets slagged by a friend and goes, "Hey, ma'am, what's going on? You're not my ma'am." Ah, shit. Yeah. Cool. Life have to go sort it out. Whereas, like, he seems to be fairly well, you know. Not he's a psycho he's up that point. pretty male Dune is a pretty sound lad. Like he's yeah. he's mm-hmm. he comes off well in this story in a way that some of them don't always. Brought up well. He was brought up well. I'd say you know. Brought up well. Solid. Yes, nature and nurture. He was he was he was like nurtured well by his foster parents. 
so it's grand about his dad and who yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 let's not mention that he darkness. overcame hey, that well, dark well, like that that darkness never n- never manifested itself in male dune and there's plenty of opportunity to on this voyage but he never he never did and then when when that could have been a thing when he could have taken the dark path he also, he ultimately chose the path of light and forgiveness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. getting locked for a long time getting locked so he's good crack too he's also and that's good important crack. he's a good lad you hang thing. out with him that's one of the, the key bits of this story they find magic root that makes them the most drunk they've ever been yeah. and they distill it make I don't know some form of Barrels deadly and bring it with them and yeah, they're yeah. grand they're deadly crack for the rest you said of the this life. really funny thing in, in the episode that was like oh. and maybe now they would get through once they found like the and apples it's just like this is an essential element to the survival like they were starving to death and they were losing foster brothers left right and center but when they got to the and apples maybe now they could make it true <laughs> it'll, it'll make you a bit optimistic won't it a good supply of whiskey in a barrel but, or but so true it's so true like you have to nourish the soul as well and you need yeah. a bit of crack while you're on your while you're on your voyage so like they they really found a resource for that in the puccine apples and like you, you meant you, that you in just, earnest and you said it in earnest i accepted it in earnest i, I just i just like how earnest it was you know and i really like bought it like, <laughs> totally you'd need that you'd absolutely need that Fucking need it, wouldn't you? Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of what we need, we always need a healthy dose of rhythm and music to go along with our stories. And Ru, you did a great job in this one. Um, do you want to talk us through how you came at this one? Because we did an unusual thing for the podcast in that we split the story. Uh, so we had both voices on it because it is mm. such a very different story yeah. when be- between the beginning middle and end so we decided to really we, hark on on yeah. that and and usually yeah. usually in a live show we we split it as well we just take it in turns one island to the other um because it's kind of sure. a bit long for one teller mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so we decided to try and mix it up with this one so how did you come at this musically um yeah, it was grand. I mean, like the, the the usually the function of the music when if the two of you are doing swappy over stuff like back and forth fast, then the, the function of the music would be to be a constant groove underneath that to kind of tie things together. The way you presented to me on this episode was different because you're not like going between between the islands swapping fast. One, it's circa started and ended, and and you do all the voyagey stuff in the middle. So um, there there was this kind of. Uh, and and you presented it so that your the, the last lines oh you, your voices overlap um so like it was a case of kind of giving that a moment of space and kind of clarity between the music um mm. and kind of just honoring that as a little swap over to, to draw attention to it and then for the for the groove of the story it's just one of those stories that's just like super intuitive like like we were saying that 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 clip that pace throughout the whole voyage thing it's there the whole time just kind of uh there and then there's moments where where, where it kind of ends delves deeper into a little something then they're back on the boat and clips along again and then other than that it's just kind of there's a there's a, a very distinct separate thing to be had between the ireland scenes at the start and the end that's the the contrast to that clip along so it's just kind of a matter of sticking down something a little more um like less rhythmic less propelling a little more melodic mm. and i tried to do a little thing that at the start and the end so like you've got the like the ireland theme and it is just it's bare at the start than it is at the end i kind of like wanted to show that like 
he's back in the same place but there there has been a fundamental change so kind of like nice. uh, the instrumentation that happened during the the um the the, the clip along aaron section the voyage section that uh, that then remains with the Irish the irish the irish team at the end which is kind of to enhance it Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I mean, I love that idea of getting that rebirth at the end. You're like, ah, that is the same, same but different. You know, like, a, yes. like, he, like it's the same theme, but he has changed. There has to be something, a little something that he has taken from the voyage that is imbued into it. Mm. And did you find that it's funny, kind of now that we're doing uh, sets and we're trying to get ahead of ourselves and, um, you know, do series um, as we both freak out because we need to record our next series of, of stories and find the time for that. But, All right, we, um, no, no, no. What are you talking about? We've done that already, Aaron. Remember yeah, time yeah. travel? Oh. This isn't going out until Sunday week. Great. <laughs> so yeah, it's already been done. Out. I'm totally relaxed. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> watching this on YouTube I've just gone cross-eyed um, <laughs> no if you're watching this on YouTube different... you can see him going cross-eyed if you're listening to this on the podcast Aaron is pulling faces <laughs> True. and um, Serga is just like lent in to uh, you know clarify the matter <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Her job, her job. Okay, when when I start spazzing out, she steps in. Um, so the voyages, I guess we've had. We are, you know, this happened kind of with the Death series, the Goddess series, and then you've been kind of finding ways of of uh, grouping them together musically. Um, and so, how did you kind of feel? Because there's so many similarities, and that's one of the reasons we didn't want to do as a series of voyages before, is because they'd be all the same. But we found our ways of making them kind of different and, and still linking them together. So how did you kind of tackle that challenge kind of from your own pen uh, musically and, and kind of come at the whole lot of it together? Or did you? Well, yeah, yeah. Like every every series, definitely trying to kind of incorporate like every every, every series has a certain theme. Just in that it's so all put it in the same key, use the same instrumentation. And stuff like that so like the brendan the navigator story and the male dune story would 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 hopefully sound quite similar in that they would have like similar similar themes and similar instrumentations on same key and like you know the brendan story goes in a very similar way where it's like the start the voyage the end kind of thing so like yeah that they'd they'd sound hopefully cohesive or they'd sound like a whole Great, great, and, and then, then and, and then like the rest of the month was a little more choppy, changey. So, it, so uh, mm. because there was the, the the collaboration with Fireside, and then there was the Patrick and Oshin within the same month. So like, uh, yeah, the, and the, that's a whole other thing, really, because I guess things, yeah. like, I mean, like although we we classed because Oshin is one of the voyage stories, and, mm. and and you know because it was March and it was Patrick's Day and everything, uh, we wanted to to do that kind of special thing. And this is a show essentially we we wrote last year, and and we were delighted with it. We wanted to do it to a fuller extent, and uh, maybe not as as really headstrong as as what we did with the uh, the the voy the Battle of Entry last summer, where we really tried to kind of make a radio play out of it. Play, uh, yeah. And uh, still, people have been commenting on our. our 
page saying that's a, that's my favorite one so if you happen to check that story out that's one we put a whole lot of work into it it's a, it's a four-parter uh, and then this one was kind of like we were going to have a two-parter and we're like era fuck we'll just release a big long episode and it's a big long episode and it's an over and back between sort and i again and there's a lot of music got into it so you really went hell for leather on that one rude <laughs> how did oh, yeah, you went mad on that one altogether <laughs> uh, well like it like it was just it ended up being one big hour long piece it wasn't quite like the, the the full-on like radio play drama that the battle of entry was but wasn't like hugely far removed from it either because like there was a bit of dialogue in there and like there was a good bit of over and back between yourself and Zarika. um but yeah it was just it was fun it was, it was kind of like at least three different podcasts all in one because mm-hmm. it's like it, it was going between like the present day moment that's that that, that is the conversation between Oshin and Patrick and everything that happens there but like they're also going into the backstories so you get a whole exposition of uh Oshin's backstory and the and the Fianna and going to Tirnanog and his mad side and all that crack and then you get a whole uh, and that's like a whole episode in itself just like thrown in there in, in two different parts and then the Patrick's whole backstory which is another whole big two different parts um, and the battle with the Kertarnock and all that crack so it was just kind of like I, just finding a different rhythm and different instrumentation to uh, to uh, like delineate between those three different strands and mm. then fuck it all in together <laughs> and it was good crack Okay. I'm 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 often reminded of like how like it's it's great like it's so funny as like the trio even just looking back at how we started off together six years ago like my performance kind of acting side of things uh, Sorica's abundance of knowledge where she told us the names and and everything about Miss and then your musical background to set the groove and set the the way of 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 getting creating an atmosphere and it they've really all kind of stayed kind of separate <laughs> and, co- and like they kind of have and yet linked and like we're leaning on each other but uh, but six years on you can still spot the fucking performer and the one who knows everything and like you're now doing this uh, because I guess where we go so cohesive over our live gigs, we're all doing it together constantly. It's all blending. But now that we've gone off to our different pods, Sorokas in the shop as I'm recording mine, you're doing the music post story, you know. So you're taking time to go through it, to, to spot the breaths and the different rhythm, rhythms and, and really put your own flavor on, onto it now, which is like a, an amazing treat. It's the, the treat of kind of, well, I guess it's the upside of, of the lockdown and the shy crack that's going on is that we have time to be doing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, I, I don't know, I think it's kind of funny that we have our, because like, I have no idea what it's going to sound like until you put the music on it which kind of freaks me out because I hate not telling stories from music where Sorica, yeah. you kind of find that easier sometimes. Eh, yeah. I don't, I, 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 I actually don't find it easier. I don't notice it as much, hmm. but then I notice that I don't, but then, uh, yeah, no, I do kind of miss it. Uh, Cause I, yeah. I, I, it doesn't throw me as much to not have music. Um, But like, I would notice then sometimes, especially if I'm having a hard time, formulating a story or getting into a rhythm mm. um yeah music is one of those funny things because it's kind of i i still remember in rehearsals for shadows of the dawn someone was telling me you have to end this this sentence on this i remember beach. that 
I remembered that and, and you freaked out. <laughs> I had a complete... I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, d- I had a complete fucking meltdown. And she was like, but this is what you always... You do that. You always do that. You do that instinctively. And I was like... In that oh, moment... Well. Yeah, in that moment, Oshin was 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 just very briefly trying trying to like direct you to do something <laughs> specific like that when the thing to do is just like let you do it because you always do. like. And I was like, but I don't know how I do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't but that's, know. You don't want to call it into attention. It's like the caterpillar, uh, or or what the centipede is. The centipede thinks legs. about moving all its legs. Then all, he'll just fucking fall over. <laughs> if he doesn't think about it, he can coordinate the whole movement. And he's grand. Yeah, like, that's that's yeah. where I that's where the music always is for me. Is that it? It definitely it definitely helps, but it's definitely like on on some kind of subconscious level where I'm not really looking at it. Mm. And if I look mm. at it, I fuck it up. It's it's <laughs> it's an, it's an interesting shift in the dynamic though, because yeah. like ye are recording music and or so you recording the stories and send them on with no music and then i'm i'm then working off the rhythm that you're giving giving me like yeah. cause like you, you always you always have a certain rhythm going on and so like i'm kind of playing off year musicality taking that as a starting point whereas in life situation it would be flipped yeah we'd yeah say, we'd start playing a groove and and, and then we set the story to the, the, the rhythm of music to that but like it's kind of it's kind of been turned on its head with how we're working in the context of the pan- pandemic remotely it mm. is yeah and, and it's it works one of those... it, I, I, it's it's interesting like it's cool I, I like one of those... I, I i like having the freedom to to just like really super like tailored music to the words that i've been given you know yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and it works no, I'm 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 happy with it, but I, it took me a while because I was like after the you know like ah what the hell sitting with the mic and just sitting with the thing all the battle of entry I really struggled with because I was I, you know because it was so choppy and changey and I was like I could never quite get into the flow and and it had to be so specific and I ended up writing a lot of that for yeah. myself and having and have it having to be written and so then a couple of stories after that I I was writing them very heavily and then I was realizing I was struggling keeping the rhythm and so then you have this like to to know the story to tell it in the oral tradition you 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 got to know your beats you got to know where you can kind of uh improvise in between them you know your ending you know the strong points you know the names and blah blah blah. but then to to fully fall into flow i find it just so much more soothing and easing when there's a lovely rhythm going and the music's playing and everything's flowing we've already mm. kind of said yeah it's a jaunt or yeah it's a jig or yeah it's a whatever we've kind of said it's going to be this and make it sad here and we'll, we'll, we'll knock it out but then to completely not have that and try and for you know forward plan what the musicality of the piece will be is a whole other thing because then we have to go into the soft voice or into the whatever and and kind of i'll be aware of the lull or the stop or the change um which then you must interpret and put mm. music on in your own interpretation so it's all a bit mad really it's like mm. going to the other world and seeing a whole rake of that mad yeah. and trying so, to figure out. <laughs> i think it'll be i think it'll be really interesting to see how we you know when we get back to doing live performances with audiences because like obviously we've done a couple of live streams and we've done a couple of shows that we've recorded for people but like when when we get back into a room with audiences i think it'll be really interesting to see like 
first of all, super looking forward to it. But also, I wonder like what this year of being apart from each other has actually like. I think I think we'll see the learning when we get back together. Mm. I think it'll really come to the fore, and I think it'll really stand to us because there's something about pulling this apart the way it has that has forced mm. all of us to confront some of our limitations. I think, mm-hmm. and and have to work through them. Mm. Um. And like, you know, we've we've talked about this as well, Aaron, like the the kind of difficulty of of recording a podcast that we haven't told live and like having to try and make a story work with no audience in the room with you. Like it's mm-hmm. that's that's harder. But, but it's what? also like I said, I think it will stand to us, you know, it'll absolutely stand to us. And I think like actually weirdly enough doing the two storytelling courses this year going back over the basics and having some very experienced people in there and people some completely inexperienced people in there has made us look back over the theory relate stuff to and and seeing what an amazing effect that's had on people mm. and how well it works and going oh shit maybe i do need to consider what the theme of this is what is the deep meaning of the story because that will help and bring it through and it's certainly helped me to go back to the basics of even just a little bit of semiotics and finding out what what is, what is it mm-hmm. that this thing is trying to, to trying to portray mm-hmm. because knowing that makes it make all of a sudden you're easy more easily led into that flow state because you you've done the background work and you're kind of more prepped um and speaking of storytelling course, of course, uh, we'll be announcing our next course very, 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 very soon. We've been putting off for a while because we've been uh, kind of tinkering and uh, working with a couple of things that we want to improve upon and uh, make it more uh, interactive and a, a bit more um, polished, let's just say. So our new course is coming very soon. Uh, keep an eye out. Contact us. There's big Big my waiting list, so it probably will sell uh, and space are limited. But anyway, that's the sales pitch. Uh, we'll be doing these for as long as people want us to do them. So right now, people want us to keep doing them. And we love doing them because it's just spreading mm-hmm. the skills of storytelling, which essentially we've been doing for years in- internally, uh, you know, between. Yeah. All of us, you know, we've well, this is, all this is, taught each other how to do we've it. We've all we've all we'd always kind of give each other notes and, and you know, about shows and after shows and and as we kind of went on and um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been great to actually get some of that down on paper and coach people through it. Um, And, and also all of, we're getting to know some lovely people who are really interested in Irish mythology and we're, you know, we've set up a, had our first uh, open mic storytelling night with our first class group, which we're going to have once a month going forward with the people who've been on the course. So they'll get a chance Uh. to get together and perform for each other. Um, and I, I, I love that idea. I think that's that's going to be great. And I think that will keep going. And again, we'll keep doing that as long as people want to want to do it. <laughs> so much fun. And like, hopefully it'll be a case where we'll be able to do this. Like, you know, if, if venues don't feckin' open soon, we'll just be doing more stuff online. But like, if they don't, if they do, we'll be doing this type of stuff again in live. And look, we'll, you know, we're, we're forever grateful for the fact that we have Patreon support because that's, keeping us going at the moment so thank you so fucking much for um for supporting this podcast on patreon.com forward slash candle tales um it's a massive help like it's just it it, it means we are motivated to do the work actually try and do the work eventually we hope to one day get to the point where we can pay ourselves in not just fancy microphones and stuff to do the work but for now it's fucking amazing thank you so much uh, we'll just keep on 
making this kind of content as long as people keep on messages and thanking us for doing it and thanking us for bringing us back to uh, their own roots and their own kind of diaspora kind of heritage and all that kind of stuff. So that's great. So thank you. And thank you for supporting us by even liking, sharing and subscribing to our YouTube channel, which has been growing in things and followers and all of that. So that's a big thank you from me. Um, Rue, what do we have coming up in our podcast next? Uh, the Invasion series by Candle of Tales. Yeah, um, yeah. The the earliest the earliest of our mythology, the the story of sort of the first tribes that came in waves to Ireland came here. Something fucked up happened. They died out, and another crowd came, and then <laughs> a fight between them, and then the two of the Dannon stayed for ages, and then the Celts came along. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's a good series. Well, it will be a good series. <laughs> I'm sure um, it's going to be no, class. We, like we we've started it by now. You've already heard the first one, and you've already probably started putting music to it. Remember, time travel. Well, in a sense, we've been working on it for six years because, like you know, all the, like the, the Candlelit's Tale style has been evolving like since 2014. Nice, nice cover. Yeah, nice. Cover. But we basically we're on top of it. You know, that's yeah, what the people yeah. need we to are know. Super so on top, on top of it. So on it. So on it. <laughs> I know what day it is. Oh yeah, I love Sundays. Wait, wait, Monday? This will be broadcast on a Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) I time warped you. Um, Okay, I think that's all from us. Thanks a million for listening. And uh, yeah, Salon. Salon. Salon.